Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, along with Rob Lewis of Inc. Realty, Philip talks about what determines the price of your home, how do I know what price to list my home, and more on first principles. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. All right. We are back with another real estate episode with Rob, the realtor. What's going on, Rob? <laughs> you got it. So so t- today's topic, right? I'm I'm on my first principles kick, man. I did a, I did a Twitter post about first principles. Right? And I'm going to do a side note because a lot of a lot of people realize you know, how does Elon Musk run Tesla? run a space company and other companies like how does he do so much right and how do so many entrepreneurs do lots of things and the 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 secret or the key and i you know i didn't i knew the answer but i didn't realize other people didn't know the answer right um uh because yeah i, I just i just assumed everybody everybody understood the concept of first principles Right. But the concept of first principles are you you can think about it like the alphabet. You know what I mean? Like we have the alphabet and um, and A, B, C, D, E, F. Like What is it? 26 letters. Right. Yep. Yep. Last I checked. But from those 26 letters, I mean, we can communicate like lots of different stuff, put together lots of words, lots of word combinations, put them in different structures. But at the end of the day, you know, if you if you understand the basic you know 26 letters and how they sound and how they work together i mean you can understand lots of different you know what i'm saying lots of different sentences and languages and that's how the universe is built right the universe is built on certain elementary first principles that if you if you take the time to understand them then you can like understand anything you know what i mean like from from a first principle standpoint and so um you know it, and it's the equivalent of you know just like you can spot like we can, we can spot gibberish. Like we know the difference between if somebody is, you know, uh, uh, if their kid grabbed their phone and typed something on the internet because it's all jacked up, you're like, Oh, that's not, that's not a real word. That's like gibberish. Right. You can see that it's the same thing with knowledge. Right. If, if, mm-hmm. if somebody's on the internet talking some bullshit, you know what I'm saying? Like you can be like, Oh, okay. That's bullshit. Cause it's not built on first principles. Right. And so, and so first principles, like, um, you know, this is the first principle concept we're going to go into in like pricing and how price is determined, right? It works in the stock market, in the bond market, in the real estate market. And 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 so it comes down to su- su- supply and demand, right? Um, uh, you know, uh, and, and, I, and I'll let you take over, but but I'll kind of start the first point with just saying, you know, I was I was running in my neighborhood. And this, this is what gave me the idea to ask you about this. I was running in my neighborhood. And I, my neighborhood has like I don't know what three three thousand homes, two thousand homes. I don't know. It's it's a bunch of homes. It's, yeah. And, and, and so and I was like, um, I was like, man, this be the random stuff that I'll be thinking about. I was like, man, <laughs> there's there's probably only at even any given time twenty or thirty homes at the market on the market at, at most. Again, I'm just making up this number. I don't know what the actual number is, but it's a small percentage of homes 
that are on the market at any given time. And, and then those homes drive the price of all of our homes. Right. And I was like, man, that's kind of, that's kind of crazy. I say, I think me and Rob ought to do an episode on that. So go ahead and, and kind of explain why that's the case, how it happens, what impacts the price of our homes. Okay. So, um, like you said, the first principle is, is supply and demand. If there is a little bit of something, then people are more willing to pay more for it. If there's a lot of it, then people want to pay less because it's too much. Uh, so that same principle applies to housing. So when you have a large neighborhood, um, tons of houses and there's not a lot of demand there's not a lot of buyers trying to get in there then generally speaking that's going to drive prices lower so a lot of what people are asking um today is what is my house worth what is my house worth and what they're finding is that even though you know it, it's in our nature as real estate professionals to run comps what is the neighborhood telling me um, but nowadays you have to look a lot deeper just because of all the activity that's going on. So, you know, initially you look at comps and you say, okay, based on these houses that are of similar size, condition, uh, and statistics, your house will sell for this. Um, but what people are finding out now is that, you know, there are buyers that are willing to pay more than that number shows. So at the end of the day, that is what your house is worth. Um, in, in the definition of it, your, your house, the market value for your house is how much a willing and able buyer is willing to pay for. Mm. And that's it. Period. Point blank. Simple. So if you are in a neighborhood that has a ton of houses and only, you know, two or three people are looking to jump in there, then out of all probability, even though the numbers will say, and we can just say, let's say 500,000. If I were to look at comparables, your house compared to similar houses, size, condition, and statistics would be worth 500,000. But you wait two months and you get an offer at four seventy five. I mean, you can argue. I don't want to say argue, but you can negotiate with that buyer. But I mean, there's not a lot of demand for your house. So ultimately, whatever that number is that we came up with based on comparables is going to be lower. Right. Right. No, that's, that 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 makes complete sense. Supply and demand, right? The and and that, and that in that situation, this the the sub the supply outweighs the demand, which puts downward pressure on the price. Right. So what what we're seeing now, which is why the housing market is 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 rocketing upwards, is because there's not a lot of supply, um, whether it be you know due to COVID and people not wanting a lot of people in their house or, or not having a place to go or not wanting to upgrade. You know, there's just not a lot of homes out there for sale. 
like I, I, I say this all the time, but when I first moved to Texas after the, uh, after the recession, uh, it was a ton of houses available. Mm-hmm. It was banks that were overloaded with foreclosures and they were, they were just begging for people to get them off of their hands. Why? Because banks want money. Banks don't want houses, uh, which will take us into a whole nother topic about why it's better to buy than to rent. Because when you do have a house, banks are willing to work with you because they don't want your house. They want you to pay for it. That's it. Uh, but again, that will be spinning off into a whole nother topic. So, uh, But after that whole recession, when we started moving into 2011, 2012, 2013, it, it started to flip. You know, all those foreclosures that we had kind of dried up. We had a ton of investors come in um, and started, you know, because our real estate, the real estate market here in Texas had been notoriously low. Uh, and, and I say low, but I don't want to say low like cheap. I mean, low like the cost of affordability of housing here was was great compared to other places uh, in the U.S., especially the other major metros. And, so, and, 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 the, and the main reason, as I understand, you correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, we have a lot more space. We have a lot less regulation uh, in general, right? Uh, I mean, of right. course, there's regional. Dallas has more zoning and regulation than Houston, which is why pricing is cheaper in Houston than Dallas. But uh, less regulation, more space, which means bigger supply. Right. And, and more more larger corporations willing to hub here, which ultimately means bringing more people uh, and more opportunity and more economy. More economy. Higher housing prices, right? And, and let me clarify the, for the listeners, right? What, what, what he's saying because I think we switched topics on him. So, what, what we were saying was, what has had Texas housing cheaper relative to other places was because of the uh, more supply, right? But why the reason why the prices is increasing and closing the gap, as I understand you're saying, is because now there's more corporations moving here. And that's putting that's that's closing the gap between Texas and the other places, right? Right, right. The the demand is is now a lot stronger. Got it. It's weird, um, and I say it's weird, but it's different. It's change. Change is inevitable. So I've I've come into a couple of uh, uh, people that have moved here from California who now be because of COVID are working remotely and say, you know what, why are we paying for a house in California at this exorbitant amount when (laughs) we can move to Texas and I'm still working remotely and live on half of that. I mean, it's just, you know, from your perspective, you know, it it just makes great financial sense. (laughs) (laughs) And cut your housing bill in half and still maintain the same, for lack of a better way of explaining it, the same status, housing status, while cutting the bill in half and still maintain your same quality of life. Yeah, man, hey, that, that's, that's, that's low-key kind of scary for uh, 
I wouldn't say for us, right, because we're homeowners, but I'm like, man, that's kind of scary for people that didn't get in or, you know, don't get in because, I mean, you just like going back to what we're talking about, first principles, like first principles, you can't fight. You know what I'm saying? And and this first principle just had a tidal wave of money coming in here and prices are going to get stupid. Mm-hmm. Don't get, you know, don't get me wrong. We'll still kind of, you know, we'll still build or whatever. But I mean, that gap. I think that gap is going to close quicker than what we think, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I wish I had a crystal ball and I, I could tell you exactly, but, you know, I, I don't I don't see this train coming to a stop anytime. So. Yeah. Yeah. But no, man, that's that's good information. I'm glad you could not. Again, you know, I'm, I'm trying to uh, a buddy of mine challenged me to um, talk about more topics that I might think are basic. But, you know, he had to break down and be like, Phil, man, like you were a finance major. You know, you've been in the money world for 16, 17 years. Like, you you know, for for half your life, you've hung out with people who have money, you know. And so the way, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I take some things for granted that I understand. I think everybody understands. So I think this is one of the episodes that I really wanted to, um, you know, get out into the public for, for, right. for people that just, you know don't know it. I mean, you've been doing this for a while too. So. Uh, right. Right. We, we all do it. We, yeah. we all do it. So, you know, with, at the end, it, you know, it comes to the head, like I said, uh, at the end of the day, it's about supply and demand. But right now with the demand being so high, um, ultimately, you know, what, what your house is worth the quote unquote market value is, is how much a, a willing buyer is willing and able to pay for your home. So that's why you get a lot of people that's like, man, I don't know if demand is going to be this strong for years to come. So let me cash out now uh, and, you know, do whatever I got to do on the back end. Right. Right. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. Well, let everybody know if they're interested in getting speaking to you, getting a, a home market evaluation uh, of, of their price to see what they should be doing or if they just are interested in like getting off the pot and trying to buy a home before it gets stupid. Right. Exactly. Uh, all right. So I'm Robert Lewis with Inc. Realty. Uh, the best way to reach me is my direct sale. 317-372-3022. Uh, you can find me on uh, social media at Rob L the realtor, or you can send me an email Rob at Inc with a K, realtygroup.com. Rob at inkrealtygroup.com. All right, sounds good, man. Have a good one. All right, make it a great one. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.